welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, qualified business and life coach, Edis profiler and speaker. The Next Level Life podcast is all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 14 of the Next Level Life podcast. On today's episode, I had the privilege of speaking with the director of Business to One, Linda McDonald. Linda is an internationally respected marketing, communications, and community engagement leader. She is regarded as a leading authority on digital strategy, social media, and the use of LinkedIn for business. Her company, Business to One, works for small and large businesses helping to create connected experiences through strategy, marketing, and communication. And on today's episode, we talk all about creating a marketing strategy for your business and how to be flexible in the execution. We talk about getting to know your audience by tapping into their language for better engagement, website and social media platforms and what works best to create an authentic conversation, how marketing and branding go together like a marriage, and how to improve your social interaction with the golden rule of posting, and many, many more topics. Linda has also graciously put together a beautiful offer for my podcast listeners. So if you have a business and you're interested in improving your social media platforms, she has created an offer for a social media audit for free. So check out my show notes for the link for more information, and let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life Project. I'm really excited to get into today's episode because I have a guest speaker by the name of Linda McDonald, who is the director of a company called Business to One. So today's episode is all about marketing. So welcome, Linda. Thank you. Thanks for having me along. Thank you so much for your time and even on a Sunday, I really appreciate it. So just to get started, can you tell us a little bit of your background and what your story is and how you started Business to One? So Business to One was a brainchild out of necessity. I was 39, I was being made redundant from my role in government and I thought I have a one-year-old, what am I going to do with myself? Um, And that's when I decided I would set up my own business and that would be in marketing because that was my passion. Um, So I I started in 2012 and five years later, here I am, beautiful office, I've got a wonderful team of people that work with me. So I'm fairly happy with um, my five-year plan. Yeah, awesome, very cool. And so um, in our chat before, we were talking just a little bit about your background and how many different roles you've had. You know, I think it's something that is really interesting when you get into the marketing realm, that having that experience from all different industries, because you work with so many different types of businesses, what experience have you had in your past that you felt has really helped to get you where you are today? I must say every role has value. So I was 20 working in acute mental health and then I went into event management. My mental health role helped me understand people's stresses, mm. particularly in an event management space where you know time pressures and those sort of things are really impacting people's personalities. Mm. 
Then I've been into sales roles, and again, understanding you know the pe- what motivates people, how people act in certain environments was really beneficial. I had a career break, and I did some bar work, and I worked in hospitality. All of that is learning about people mm. and business in a, in different ways. From there, I worked in um, other industries in sales and marketing roles. And then um, back to government work, uh, which is different again in terms of the volume of people that you are having a conversation with. So looking at workers that are across Queensland in thousands, in perhaps um, regional or remote locations. Um, And then, you know, to, to today where I get the opportunity to work with a lot of small businesses across a range of industries or with their own, you know, unique um, ways of doing business and with their own stories so yeah. it's really wonderful that you can sort of travel that journey and bring with you the lessons that you gain mm. along the way um, and you can you know you share that with your clients and but I learn from my clients as well totally right we do don't we yeah beautiful so why marketing well I had such a range of roles and what I love is meeting people and looking at the big picture and finding a solution on how to get um, you know businesses up and running so I studied um, my masters and I I specialized in marketing which was you know my interest area and from then on I've just grown in that space I love the fact that it really today allows anyone the opportunity to start a business um, to follow their passion the barriers to entry are so low now and using social media particularly is often a really um, cost-effective way mm. to, to launch a business. So it's mm. a really interesting dynamic time to you know, be in business and also to be in marketing in the social media space. Awesome. So when, you're, when people reach out to you to work with you, what are their challenges or concerns they're coming to you with? Look, we have a range of business owners. It might be a a brand new business and they're looking at how do they look at um, basically uh, do a market test. Is it viable? Is there, what's the competitor landscape look like? Um, How can they, what's their niche? What could their, you know, unique selling property be around their product or service? So it could be even a step back from that when they're really just in that contemplation mode. Mm. Then we have people who have started their business and they need an online presence, so a website build or um, a strategy on on how to okay. a strategy on how to um, get online and reach different audiences in different ways. Um, all the way through to corporate identity, logo, those sort of things, which is always fun. And then we've got people who've been in business a little while and might just need to be looking at how do they break into a new market, how do they extend their product or service offering, or how do they get online. So there's still a lot of businesses out there that aren't in the digital space and mainly because I think it, it seems overwhelming. Um, so what I really like to emphasise to, to that audience is you don't have to do it all and you don't have to do it all at once. Yeah, totally. And it can become so overwhelming with the 
opportunities for so many like do I be on LinkedIn do I be on Facebook is it Instagram is it Snapchat is it Pinterest like there is so many you know do I have to have a website like all these different questions come up I think when you first start a business so what's your take on a website in this day and age and what's important if you do have a website the value of a website is that you own it so you have platforms that are owned or borrowed basically Mm. so an owned platform is your website you're not governed by changes to algorithms or rules or posting content you pretty much have the ability to govern what you choose to publish let's look at social media platforms they're fantastic but you don't own them Mm. What I really recommend is if you're able to have a website and you direct your social channels to the website. So they, they're a funnel to your actual owned property, which is your website. Yeah. But definitely look, when you're first getting started, you can start off with a Facebook page um, and then you know look to grow into having a website. It actually depends on your product or service offering and really, um, my, my top takeaway tip would be go where your audience is. Mm. Know your buyer and find them and live where they live online. I love that. That is awesome because it's something that, you know, I teach in my business programs that you need to know your, your client. You need to know who you're talking to. Otherwise, it's falling on deaf ears. And if, you're, if your client is not on Instagram, don't be on Instagram. Like, That's right. You're wasting your time. Yeah. Totally. So how would you explain the difference between marketing and branding? So I see there's many, many different philosophies about this, but in my view, I see branding as a part of marketing, Mm -hmm. um, a component. So your brand is your story, your visual representation, and that then is cascaded through your marketing in your print media, in your online media. Yeah. Um, your brand also can be around your tone of voice, um, which is threaded all through your marketing content and the dialogue you have with your client or customer. So that's around, am I super serious because it's a really serious topic or issue? Mm-hmm. Or are you lighthearted in, in the way you want to be seen and positioned? That impacts your brand, the colors you use in your logo. So when we take a brief from a client, we also have tone of voice workshops that we like to go through when we're developing the brand because I see them so um, interjoined. Um, Yeah, so I see branding as a part of the marketing story. Beautiful. I really like how you put that because it can be confusing that people talk so much about branding and marketing as the same thing, but it's still separate yet together. It's like a marriage. That's right. (laughs) Awesome. So there is so much information out there and some of it can be really conflicting. What do you feel are the most important things when you consider starting out in business when it comes to your marketing strategy? I think you really need to have a look at the landscape before you start uh, and have a business plan. I did a you know a simple SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and a competitor analysis. What are you going to do that's different, and how are you going to make people know what you're doing is different? 
You need to really be able to answer those questions because I think when you start your business, there is so much coming at you around decisions for how you're going to do your accounting all the way through to your logo development. There's there's so many decision points. And I think it's really critical that you have a bit of a mud map of is this an important decision and does this get does this get me to where I want to go in my business plan? Yeah. And if it doesn't, park it and revisit it later. Really focus your attention on what you're looking to achieve that you've listed in your business plan. Your business plan literally can be a shopping list of five things. It doesn't have to be something hard, but I think if you write it down and you make sure that you look at it on a regular basis, that, that actually creates outcome. So it's almost like creating a vision for your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. It's so I like it when you put it like that because I think when I first started, um, I was like, business plan, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember jumping on a government website and oh my goodness, like so ridiculous. Like I was like, that's not at all, like it had so many silly questions that I yeah. was just like, no, it's not at all what I want to create. So I just got back to, okay, so what do I want to create? What do I want to achieve with my business? And where do I see myself in five years? Absolutely. The plan on the page, you know, it, it's, it's simple, but sometimes that's all you need. Mm. And I've found too, having, you know, having been in business for five years and really being the journey, taking the journey of an entrepreneur, it changes. I, I set my business up originally thinking I was going to do a lot around writing awards for businesses, award applications. Right. I thought that was going to be one of the key um, offerings, service offerings that I would have for my business. I haven't actually ever. <laughs> uh, I have, but it's not you know one of my key offerings. Yeah. I've done awards for some businesses but it certainly hasn't been the focus the focus of what I do so I think it's really interesting what you might write in one year changes Mm. to the next so that's why it isn't something that lives on the shelf you really have to have whatever it is whatever tool you use whatever template you need to look at it and have it in mind um, and change it Mm. Just because it's written down doesn't mean it's locked in. So for me as well, digital, Instagram wasn't even around when I started five years ago. So, you know, you have to keep up with what's moving in your industry and what's the latest and greatest um, offering and how your service or product might fit into that landscape. So I think that's really important that, you know, you are willing to use it as a guide but change it if you need to yeah awesome so when it comes to social media what do you feel is important when creating your brand well as i as i think we've already covered really knowing who your audience is and we create personas so Mm -hmm. buyer personas um, for businesses starting out when i run workshops for small businesses we suggest three buyer personas that are distinctly different. And then it's understanding what their pain points are, what what's tough for them, and how do you fit into that in terms of meeting a need or giving them a solution around how to do that differently. 
Um, and often it's, it's difficult to sometimes tap into that language. So I, I, I have pictures for each persona and when I'm writing a blog post or a piece of content that's particular for a persona, I stick that picture on my computer and then I have a conversation yeah. with that buyer persona. Love it. That's yeah. cool. So that's a really easy way that you can make sure that you're using the right language. Because yeah. um, I have a range of clients. I have you know, small to medium operators and I have some sort of larger clients. So staying on the right person. And really... you've really got to make sure you're at, at the right level in, in the language you're using, the tone, Speaking the directly style. to them. And authentic, you know, it's a conversation. It just happens to be typed. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, how do you keep up with all the changes with social media? I don't watch a lot of television, <laughs> um, or if I do, it's on one of many other screens that are open at the same yes, time. Yes, I mean so that's all of us, right? <laughs> I'm one of those multi-screen users. Um, you know, you've just got to really read. Uh, and uh, I mean, over time, I have people that I follow um, in other markets, overseas markets, that I think are on the same path as me. They resonate with me in their conversations they're having about social media. Their approach is similar to mine. So I think you've got to just find sort of someone else that has a voice that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and a perspective that, that fits for you and then you know, keep up to date with um, what they're doing. And these days, I mean, for me, a lot of the platforms are really good at having that conversation with you directly themselves. Yeah, true. So, you know, it's 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 easy to keep up with um, with some of the platforms that way. But we we also we look for new innovations, but we don't necessarily chop and change all the time. Um, because you could be, you know, setting up a new social media account every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's around asking yourself, is this where my audience is? And if it's not, then maybe that's not where you are either. Mm. Um, and, you know, these days, Facebook is number one in Australia. It's really surpassed any other platform. So, it, you know, when in doubt, if you were looking for a channel, Facebook... Facebook would be the channel just simply because of the volume of Australians that are using it. And do you have any tips or tricks on how to engage more of your audience on Facebook? Um, Because I find I hear a lot of people talking about how there's a lack of interaction happening there. Well, look, it's a challenge because basically we're all time poor Mm. uh, and we are highly distracted. I'm watching three different screens at one time. Um, you know, as many of us are, we've got families, we've got a, a lot going on in our lives. It's really hard to get that um, buy-in with your product. I think, you know, uh, it, making sure you answer um, customers straight away uh, when they engage with you on a platform is critical. Mm-hmm. Make, making some time to understand what interests them I really think it's important also to follow um, some of the, the ratios that exist out there. So there's the golden rule of um, posting, um, and there's many, many others, but you know, it's sort of that four pieces of content that aren't around you, 
one that is right. and one or two that might be um, motivational. So you, you'll see some people are, might be using Facebook as a really strong selling channel. That's not engaging. Mm. I don't want to be sold to when I interact with your brand. It's a social platform, yeah. It's a social platform. Um, so the, the biggest tip would be to find out what interests your your target audience and to talk to them about that. Yeah. Because generally, if they're your target audience, it's sometimes a reflection of who you are too. Yeah. And it would be something that you're interested in as well. Yeah. So you can engage with them on... Um, a more conversational level about those sort of topics that aren't directly related to your product and then tie it in with some product at a later time. Right. It's about, you know, really that creating a brand, creating a voice around your brand that isn't just a selling voice. Right. It's around what you stand for, what your brand values are. Creating awareness around who you are and what you do. That's right. Yeah, beautiful. And is it, when it comes to creating content, what do you feel is important? Like, do you say it's something that, like, so many, there's so many aspects of creating content in this day and age. Do you find, probably two questions I'm not trying to ask you. Um, do you find that there's a certain type of content that's working a lot better here in Australia? Or is it more that what speaks to you? I think, I think some of it is really depending on, on your audience. Um, but authenticity. Yeah. You know, people people don't want something that isn't real. They they want to have a conversation. Um, we get mass marketed to all the time yeah. by by big brands, and I think if you had to identify what makes a small to medium business so interesting and amazing, it is that the story is different. It's not. Um, a big brand story it's about the people that work there and the reason that you're in business it's about the conversation we're having now yeah it's those things that make you different that bigger brands don't tend to do and you mentioned before that you love to help people tell their story is there a way that you go about doing that so there's a lot of storytelling techniques and storytelling really is probably quite on trend in the marketing world at the moment. Mm. Really, um, storytelling has to be a real story. So you can't think, oh, wouldn't this story, um, a made-up story, sell my product product or service or it would communicate my message more effectively? People can see straight through it. Um, it has to be a real story. But in saying that, it, it doesn't have to be a story that's monumental. It can be everyday um, stories. Mm. So, you know, we were doing storytelling around a safety initiative the other day. And, you know, I told a story about dropping my daughter off at school. It, 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 it isn't that we had an accident but it was just around some things that I observed. Mm-hmm. Um, so storytelling can just be part of your everyday um, life's journey yeah. that you use then to you know, weave into creating a message. Beautiful. And so when it comes to, obviously, we talked a little bit about websites and about how it's where you want to sort of gauge where you're getting your clients off social media to your website. 
do you have any um, advice on how people do that and what works really well? Absolutely. So I think I think probably if you're starting out or, or new to looking at how you structure your social media content, I would really suggest that you have a checklist and and go through the steps of, okay, have I linked them to my website in the copy? Right. Is there an offer that I am promoting and can that live on my website Mm -hmm. so that there is a funnel and a reason for them to get there? What does the landing page on my website look like? And is it the same language that my Facebook is using? Because that's quite critical. You don't want to be having a conversation on Facebook and then you send them to your website or the page that they're linked to and it's a complete it's using completely different language or it has different images that don't at all look like your brand. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have that consistency of image and voice across the channels. Um, but you know just making sure that you are directing them in copy in the copy of whatever channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see on Instagram, there's often references to, you know, the pro, look at my profile for the links. Yeah. Um, so I, kn- I know in some platforms, depending on the platform, you can't necessarily direct link, but look, look at ways that you can still mm. mention your website or, you know, where your owned asset is. Mm. Because I think too, when it comes to Facebook, it's really important to understand the algorithms and what works and what doesn't work. And just like you said, like having a link in your post to your website, Facebook doesn't like necessarily. And it's like direct them away from the platform they don't necessarily want to support. So is there any other ways that you would suggest getting them out of social media? I mean, there's different, there's different ways that you can structure your blog content as well so you can do snippets out of posts and you know for more information suggest that they go to the website to read the full copy yeah cool um you can do promotions offers those sort of things that have redeemable codes in in the social media platform that then they redeem on your website cool um, so there's some of those types of options. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with building up a really strong Facebook community. I just don't personally think it's wise to put all your eggs in one basket mm. when you don't own the basket. Mm. And I think too that it's it's a stronger relationship when you have a client's email and you can directly email them compared to putting a post up that maybe five people will see. Even though you might have thousands of people following you, it doesn't necessarily mean that your post will, you know, be visible in their feed. So I think it's something that... Look, um, I'm regularly telling my clients, just because you're liked doesn't mean that they're engaged Mm. with you. I like lots of stuff. You know, like, 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 like. It's got no cost. There's no um, relationship around it. You can just like something. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to become a client or you know, going, to, going to convert and purchase. Um, what is fabulous is you're right. If you can build your email database, that is where the gold is. 
because you then can have direct conversations with your client and we all like feeling like we are people not just a handle or a profile we are you know people with experiences so if you can start building a database of you know potential customers that interact with your brand what did they click on get to know them um, have a have a database around that and then you can send them really targeted offers yeah. directly and look I'm I'm busy and I want to think I if it's a if it's a brand I'm engaging with I want them to send me things mm. if it's something time I'm to look for really it. <laughs> engaged with yeah um, so I subscribe and that cuts everyone out of the picture I'm having a direct conversation with my clients yeah awesome so you mentioned about making sure that your language is really important from one platform to another. Is that something that people come to you with the option of help getting help with or is it something like how would you pick someone to help you with your content? Look, I think it's really important that you have a consultation with who you're going to, you know, work with. They've got to get you. Mm. Um, we offer free consultations for all of our clients. Because it, the, that fit, we're an extension generally of uh, you know small businesses marketing mm. team. So we really need to have a great relationship, and we also need to have trust. We need to have trust that they feel comfortable in giving us something that they've worked, mm. you know, blood, sweat, and tears over, um, because. It's, 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 you know, really, it's an honour to be trusted mm. as an advisor to help them grow their business. Mm. Um, so I think the relationship and, and having a really good trust and um, a clear understanding of what you're going to deliver as well is important yeah. um, and the timeframes that you're going to deliver it in because it's actually a two-way um, even though we get hired by small to medium operators um, or business owners, it's actually a two-way relationship. We still need them to give us information. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so sometimes we would all like people to just read our mind and, and please go and do it for <laughs> us. But sadly, um, that, that's not possible. So we need that dialogue back around um, what you're looking to achieve, um, the timeframes you're looking to achieve it in, what does success look like? I think that's really critical mm, great that question. we understand that um, because there's, there's no point in us delivering a, you know, a great outcome when it wasn't the outcome that you were looking mm. for as a business owner. <laughs> totally, I get that, 100%. So do you see... What do you see changing across the platforms in the next few years? Is wow. There a prediction that you could... There's so many predictions. I think user-generated content. Yeah. Um, video is obviously huge. Um, vertical video, making sure that the content is device-friendly. Yeah. Um, because we're moving well away from the way we currently consume media. Um, yeah, so my predictions would just be 
keeping an eye out on the trends in terms of new um, tools to make to make doing business easier. Yeah. Um, some of my favourite tools, um, Wave is quite good for vertical video. Yeah. Canva. Love Canva. <laughs> um, is fantastic for creating images to support your social content. Um, yeah, so I think really that visual content is going to to be the, the driver as yeah. we move forward because and, and user generated content. I mean people love their animals and cats. And yeah. <laughs> we have a marketing assistant, our beautiful Ella Dog is um, our marketing assistant on our website. So yeah, I think that they're the they're the critical pieces moving forward. And I really think as well, remember one piece of content you 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 know you might really spend a lot of time creating a, a fabulous blog post and you publish it and you might get three hits what you can do is take away three or four key themes from the post put them into canva create a picture around those key themes use it on so another social platform so one piece of content you should use seven times wow seven that's, times that's where you get the value for money yeah and or the value for effort you know yeah um so you can repurpose and republish content what was i doing a year ago look back mm. you know if you're if you're having a writer's block look back to what you were doing a year ago mm. and write about what you're doing now and why it's different Awesome. Love that. Because I think it's so, people get so bogged down and it has to be new. It has to be new content. I can't be repurposing the same stuff all the time. But you can because I think not a lot of people will see it. Even with email, you know, not everyone opens up an email. No. And it's around creating the content in a way that fits the space that you're putting it. So Instagram, visual, um, (laughs) blog post, you know, a lot of copy. Um, yeah, so you can you can really easily look for creative ways to reuse content. So seven is the magical number. Yeah, love it. Favorite number. Awesome. So how do you keep up with the constant change of marketing? Is it something that you do professionally or personally on the outskirts of what you do for the business? So I belong to a number of associations. I travel overseas to conferences to keep up with you know, the latest trends. Um, I have a fantastic network of like-minded communicators and marketers. Um, and I read a lot around, you know, what's coming out of particularly the US. I think they're still the leaders in the mm. digital space. Um, but recently I was in China and I think it's such an interesting market being in the Asia Pacific area, the millennial the millennial marketing that's coming out of China and some of the outcomes there, really really interesting. And what you see is trends that we won't see in the same volume in Australia, but you will see the same outcome or yeah. the same you know style of uptake from that audience. Uh, so I think. You know, keep an eye on the 
you know, Hong Kong and, and Chinese Singapore markets um, because they've got some really interesting stuff happening in the social space. Anything in particular that you want to share? Uh, well, um, WeChat yeah. uh, is probably... I heard that's massive. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And when I got into a taxi um, in Hong Kong... And there's the taxi driver. I mean, it, we, we wouldn't get away with it here. We'd be um, in trouble for having devices in the car. He had three devices on the go at one time. Um, so it was pretty That pretty he was interacting with? he was interacting with. Oh, my God. Uh, while driving us randomly through the streets. <gasps> so, yeah, it's really interesting over there because it's, it's like Australia times 50, uh, around mm. the uptake of social platforms and how they engage with it and how they interact with it, so you can you can really see some interesting um, trends around their behaviour, mm. uh, particularly in the younger audience where they they have the predominant users. So, what's the purpose of WeChat? It's it's an entire ecosystem for commerce. So you can pay, engage. Um, basically do everything online. Wow. But it's in a bubble because they don't have Google. Right. So they oh. don't have the other social channels. True. Um, so it's it's really interesting. So it's a, it's kind of the the flagship of of um, online. Mm. Whereas we can use Facebook to sell and we can use Facebook yeah. marketplace. So and yeah, we're across a number of platforms, whereas they they really have a limitation on, on platforms. And they've had it for so long that it's now just been... It would be hard to catch. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to... It, I think it will be coming to our shores. Um, probably... On what comp- level, we don't know. That's yeah. right. Probably not um, to the same level, but still really, really interesting stuff in, in that environment. Mm. So over the few the, the years, it's been like six years now with your business, mm-hmm. what have you noticed? What big trends or what changes have you noticed across those six years? Uh, Other than no Instagram to Instagram. But. Yeah, well, we, you know, we've also, seen, we've also seen things come and go. Um, you know, Google... Plus, mm. um, and a few other, you know, MySpace. There's been a few sort of come and goes. Mm. Um, I think we've seen people move away from social media mm. or change drastically their behaviour around social media. Um, I know a lot of people in my age bracket, um, some of my friends have just deleted their profiles. Yeah. Um, because they, 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 their, their behaviours have changed around how they want to be online personally. Yeah. They are still online, but they don't interact with those channels. Um, and I think we have. I think we need some more rigor, rigor around how younger people engage with social media. I think there's not the awareness. It's there forever. Yeah. Even for the channels that promote the instant deleting yeah. of, of messages, it is actually in the, 
in the you know cloud or in the um, online space forever. Um, I think we need to be more aware of what our social presence looks like. Um, I had a client um, who didn't really realise um, they they travelled quite a bit and they would often take a picture of their glass of wine at the you know Corners Club or at the mm. the airline lounge. But that was basically the only time they ever posted. And that was visible because they didn't have their settings correct on their social profile. So it looked like all they did (laughs) was actually have a glass of wine. Um, So people need to be a little bit more aware of settings, privacy, what their personal brand looks like in those Mm. spaces. Um, And I think that we will see that happening more. Yeah, I totally agree because it's so much that you think you have you think you have your own business page, but then you are as an individual connected to your business page, and you are your business. So what you're doing on your normal page is still visible in regards to adding to your brand. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to be aware of that. Yeah. And you know, increasingly, we're getting clients coming and asking for advice around how to separate those two things yeah. on Instagram. Um, you know, on Facebook, well, and but more particularly on Instagram, I think because it's instant, mm. people have that desire to you know take quite a lot of photos when they're out and about, and um, they might be of a personal nature. So you've got to look at how does that tell your brand story? Yeah, totally. Because sometimes that just that one picture can turn your ideal client away straight away. That's right. And I, I see my, that as my behaviors. Like if I am following someone and it's something that is not even appropriate to what their message is, I'll be like, nah, delete. And yet I could have been a client down the track, you know? So you do have to be careful that what you do post is, is on brand. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's interesting as well. I, I think we'll get more savvy with this as time goes on. The, the, really common practice on Instagram at the moment is to follow, to be followed, mm. and then to unfollow, to keep, you know, your numbers of followers and following yeah. proportionate, um, which I actually think is not authentic and Sad, I do not <laughs> support at all because it's actually about engagement and conversation. Mm. And that kind of behavior doesn't resonate those values. Well, I think too, people are so focused that it's about building your following, where it's not necessarily, if if you're getting all these follows from people that aren't your ideal client, then it's actually a worthless platform because you're not speaking to the right people. So I think, yeah, I totally agree. Your metrics need to be more than being liked and followed. Mm, Totally. And I heard recently someone saying that it's, changing the way the Instagram algorithm's working in the way that it's not necessarily about likes anymore because people are becoming so lazy that they scroll through and don't hit the like <laughs> or the love heart. It's actually more about the time that you spend on the post so they can actually analyze how much time is being hovered over. Mm. I mean, the old term for that um, in, in website development is stickiness mm-hmm. and you can measure how long someone is on a page for. Um, and that will tell you how engaged they are with what you're talking about. So that it, that's the same process, but in an online mm. platform. 
Um, so if you ha if you do have a website out there, um, a really great thing to do is to use Google Analytics and see what the browse times are, the the places that they leave your website, the places that they enter your website. Look for reasons for the exit. Yeah. Abandoned shopping cart. There's so many you know interesting things that you can see by looking at your website analytics if you have a, a yeah. website um, that can really tell you uh, really good insights around your customer behavior. Mm. And I think too, like one, one lesson that I've learned over my business journey is that people are always watching. So even though like there might be times where I'll put up posts and get no interaction and be like, well, should I delete that? <laughs> That's a bit of a waste. But then, you know, a couple of weeks later, someone will comment on it or someone will actually reach out to me personally or even, um, I think I was at an event a couple of weeks ago and someone approached me and they're like, oh, I love that post you put up about such and such. And I was like, really? I didn't think that even worked. It's so, it's so fascinating that it you is, don't realize that people are actually seeing it. Mm. And I think, I think as well, people do click through and look at, the historical posting mm. uh, because I've had that same experience where I get a message from Instagram telling me something's you know really performing well in terms of a post and it's something from months ago um, but the joy of that is is evergreen content you know mm. content that that stays relevant mm. for a long period of time um, so you might have evergreen content and you might have newsworthy content. So that's more timely, time-sensitive. It might be around um, you know, something particular that's happening, let's say Melbourne Cup, yep. something recent. Um, it might be a post around that. Now, that won't be evergreen. It's not going to be something that lasts forever. Definitely people might still see it, yeah. but it's the content that's evergreen that people can always refer back to and find relevance in. Yeah, nice. Um, that's good content to invest your time yeah. in. So at what point do you feel um, like starting your own business, getting into this realm and, you know, getting your head around all the different platforms, your website and et cetera, at what point do you feel that people should be, or not should, but most likely are reaching out to get support in that aspect or where you should have someone taking care of your social media content? Well, I think if you can, it is worth spending a couple of hundred dollars on some coaching mm -hmm. if you can I think if you can if you've got the time and the space and some digital skills um, you can do a lot of marketing yourself online but I think it's really good to have someone else to assist you in just getting the strategy right in the yeah. first instance which can be just in the form of some you know coaching um, which is a, a lower level investment if you have the time on your side to yes. then take the action. Yeah, true. Um, so it really depends on the structure of your business, um, your comfort in playing in social media. Um, but I, I would also say, as I have been in business, I realise... I should do what I do and outsource what I can't do. Yeah. So I could do my own business accounts, but 
that's not a great use of my time. It takes me longer because it's not something I do every day and it's not something I particularly love. Yeah. Or, or I don't, I, and I'm not skilled at doing it. You know, it's, it's hard. I have to really mm. think about it. So if, if they're the boxes you're ticking, I would say look for an outsourced marketing solution mm. um, and, and do a three-month package, test, measure, and then make a decision yeah. um, to make sure it's the right fit for you. You know, you don't have to sign up for the rest of your life. It's, it's really just explore what's out there. Find an agency that you really want to work with or a consultant that you really want to work with that gets your story and gets you. Um, and, then, and then just explore what you can do over a three-month period um, and then go from there. Beautiful. Awesome. Great advice. So I really want to talk to, to you a little bit more about your experience with setting up your own business and how, where you've, how far you've come in the you know, short period of time that you've been in business. Um, although it can seem a lot longer. <laughs> so tell me, what, what are some of the biggest lessons you've had with creating your business and creating your brand? I think one of the hardest things I had in the beginning when I started out was valuing what I had to offer. Whether it's a product or a service, um, in my case obviously a service, thinking that what I knew would be valued and that not everyone knows what you know. Um, so that was a real journey for me. And then it was also finding the right tools to make me work smarter. Um, so, you know, how did, I, how did I keep the time that I was working on individual projects? What tools were around that allowed me to do that? How did I manage the projects um, or pieces of work? Um, and the tools I used five years ago aren't the tools I'm using today. Um, they were generally the free versions of many tools, but that's okay because that was all I needed. Um, I didn't have a team, um, which is my current, you know, um, situation. It was I was a sole trader, and they worked for me. But over time, and as you get more complicated in perhaps how you do business. Um, you need to refresh uh, what you're using to make that business mm. more efficient. So that was a, that was a journey. Um, and I think the other thing is don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask your friends for help, your colleagues for their advice. Um, don't be afraid to find a mentor don't be afraid to shop around for a consultant. Um, all of those things are there and people are really happy to help nine times out of ten, yeah. particularly if they've been on the journey. Um, you know, I'm, I, I love going and meeting, you know, people who are just starting out their business. Like, it is such a wonderful feeling and it is such an exciting time. Mm. Um so yep. exciting and nerve-wracking all at the I same know, time. <laughs> I know it's that nervous energy, isn't mm. it? So um, I think it's really important just to yeah. There's a community out there, so tap into it. Mm. Awesome. So at what point in time did you feel that it was like you know I've everything's happening for me and now it's time I I need help. So how did you go about hiring staff and at what point did you feel like you needed to? Well, I was working more hours than I had 
in the day. <laughs> um, you know, and I really felt I had, you know, I, I was getting to the position where the quality of the work would be impacted right. if I didn't change the structure of my business because I physically just wasn't able to Do sustain everything. the delivery of yeah. of uh, um, of the work. So, what's interesting though, I think, is that I I had a real commitment, and as all small business owners do. You know, where your motivation is different, I think. Um, you want to succeed because it's what you're passionate about. Mm. Um, so I had a conversation with myself and I said, for five years, there's going to be some really tough times. I'm going to work some huge hours and I'm probably not going to, you know, have much of a social life at times, but I'm going to give it five years because in the big picture five years of my life for the freedom that I'm hoping to create because let's face it none of us really go into business for anything but to be successful make money to give us a lifestyle that we want to Mm. enjoy Um, so I had this five-year drive uh, and I basically employed people at that five-year mark because that's that was my goal I was going to work really hard for five years and then I needed to take the foot off the accelerator and change what the footprint looked like for my business. Um, and in terms of recruiting, uh, I hired people that weren't me. I think that's really critical mm-hmm. to look at what you don't do well and to fill the gaps around what that looks like in your business. So that's what I did. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not highly detail orientated so I have a fantastic team member that loves the detail Uh, so I have recruited for things in my business that were gaps yeah beautiful awesome so what do you feel have been the biggest challenges in that first five years what were your challenges that you learned from well work-life balance (laughs) really what's that (laughs) um yeah that would be the biggest challenge and I think too I had an idea that I probably would have more control over my time. So the reason I set the business up to start with is I had a um, you know young child and I'm a single parent. I thought I would have had more flexibility and generally nine times out of ten I do but it comes at a cost of a late night or an early morning of, you know, of doing the work. Um, and I think as well, as I started to bring people into the team, I thought that having staff um, would reduce my workload. And it has, but it also changes your workload. So you become a manager of people mm. rather than um, perhaps a producer of work. And that has a completely different skill set. Mm. So, you know, there's there's journeys along the way and I'm still learning. I think we're always, always yeah. learning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned before that you like to surround yourself with, you know, a network of people. Is there anybody in particular that you feel you've, you know, been able to get some great advice from or a mentor that's really helped support you where you are today? 
Well, just recently I asked um, a colleague to be a mentor to me. And the reason I did is because he told me something that made me feel uncomfortable. Wow. Uh, and it, it really challenged me and it actually took my breath away. It wasn't something nice to hear. Um, and I, I, I really took a moment and thought, that's actually what I need. I need someone who's not going to tell me what I want to hear yeah. because that's actually what my family does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and my friends, I've got a wonderful support network. Um, it's having the tough, you want someone who tough can have love. a tough conversation with you yeah. um, about whatever topic. Um, so yeah, I think, I think look for maybe your unfriendly friend yeah. in business. <laughs> and is there any great advice that you've, um, it's been imparted on you over the, over the years that you've, that's really resonated and stayed with you? You can do it. Yeah. Really. And, and what's, what's the harm in trying? So I think that, um, my mum has always had just such an incredible belief in me and that I'll be successful no matter what. Um, and I think if you work hard enough, truly and honestly, you can get there. Mm. Awesome. Particularly if it's something you love doing. Mm. Um, and I love, I really genuinely love marketing. And I have to, when I um, present at conferences, I really have to make sure I stick to time because I could talk about marketing <laughs> forever. And I think that's one of the things that, I mean, I often ask if when someone, I have a client that's really trying to find their purpose, that's one of the questions I love to ask. What could you talk about all day? Yeah. That's got to be some aspect of where you want to go with your purpose, definitely. Absolutely. So how often would you say you set goals for yourself or your business? So I have a lot going on in terms of different projects with my team. Um, so I have daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, five yearly. Yeah, awesome. Lots of lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Um, personal goals, um, I do once a year. So I try and have a dream board about what I want to achieve in my life. Um, nice. aside from being a mum and a business owner, like Linda Goltz. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important not only to set new goals, but just to review the ones and tweak them mm. rather than constantly raising the bar and never getting there. Yeah. And critically, celebrate it when you do. Really celebrate it when you do. You know, we don't pat ourselves on the back enough. And no one else is walking in your shoes except for you. So it's, it, it's challenging at times. It's tiring. There's lots of sleepless nights. There's things that keep you awake in terms of how you're going to do things. Um, but if, if you're an entrepreneur like me, that's actually a part of the joy mm. as well. So um, See, and if you don't celebrate your wins it becomes monotonous and then you're like, well, what's next? Well, what's yeah, next? Yeah. And then you don't ever feel like you've achieved what you want to achieve. So celebration is a huge aspect. Yeah. yeah. And it's good to have stretch goals, mm. but celebrate them before you then stretch them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. What's your morning routine look like? Chaos. Yeah. So I, um, I 
I actually uh, generally start between 3 and 4 a.m. Wow. Yes. I am go to bed early, though, I must say. And I just like that time of morning because it just helps me have some clarity around what's going on in the world. I have a coffee and I have a, a look across the social media platforms and um, then I look at my inbox and around about that four o'clock mark, I'll do the day critical actions and send a few bits and pieces to my team. They know me well enough by now. Turn off your phone notifications <laughs> or any notifications on any of your devices because I They've woken up with ping, ping, ping um, regularly. Uh, And then 6.30, my daughter wakes up and that's our morning routine. I drop her to school and then I start part two of my day. Um, And that can be anything. I could be working in a client's office. I could be building a website. I could be taking a design brief. Could be anything. I could be writing a blog. Um, And then dinner and an early bedtime to start it the next day yeah (laughs) Uh, i must say though probably a couple of times i wake up in the night and jot down business ideas mine's always going Uh, yeah so i think we probably are all a bit guilty of that and um you know i have a book by my bed so try not to get up if i can help it but i i have woken up and sneakily registered a few domain names or, you know, other bits and pieces that I've thought were really fantastic ideas. And um, I'm a believer that if you think it and you put it out to the universe, then it's up for grabs. Yeah. So if I don't act on it, someone else will. Beautiful. Yeah. Because you're just telling the universe it's not for you and it'll go elsewhere. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> love it um is there any is there any non-negotiables that you have for your life or the way that you like to play to be able to be successful i think a part of my success is i tell it how it is and i think sometimes there's a bit of smoke and mirrors perhaps around social media or yeah. um you know how you might position your product um and if it's not for you i'm not going to encourage you to do that even if that would mean i got income um from that advice yeah so i think that i think that honesty in in and my ethics as a business owner have always held me in good stead Mm. That's beautiful because I think at the end of the day, if you don't feel good about it, whether you do it or not do it, changes the way you feel about yourself. Like- yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've been really honest with some clients where, you know, for whatever reason, they're going in a direction that may not work for me. And so we have a conversation around that because um, I think it's... What I align my brand with, it's it's the same as them aligning their brand with me. Mm. So that's why I think it's really, I really like to have that initial consultation and it's there's no charge. It's just an exchange of ideas and we meet each other and see, you know, we're if, the right fit. if we're the right fit. Perfect. And so you mentioned you've got weekly goals and daily goals and yearly goals and five-year yeah. goals. <laughs> Do you have a big mission or a big 10-year plan where you want to go with your business? 
I don't have a 10-year plan. I think for me, um, five is long enough. Uh, I have life plans yeah. that are beyond five years. But it's such a dynamic industry. And I think the digital disruption in Australia across all industries in the next five years is going to be really amazing. Um, we're, you know, we're seeing it already with automation and and even just how we consume technology, how we watch television, how we do everything. How we purchase. How we yeah. do everything, yeah. You know, Amazon yeah. has just opened here. That's a go, you know, potentially mm. a major disruptor in mm. the marketplace. So Then I heard recently um, paying with Messenger. Like yes. That's on its way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which is similar to the... the um, platform in China right okay yeah, cool. so it's its whole ecosystem yeah uh, yeah so for me in this industry um, in the creative marketing communication space five is I think all I can kind of visualize mm. because what's over that hill it's, no one it's knows <laughs> bigger it's big and bright but I'm not sure what it looks like yeah um, and I think I would just be rewriting that plan. In two years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. What are you most excited about right now? I'm excited about 2018. Awesome. Yeah. What's that going to bring for you? Uh, I think it's going to bring challenges, but I'm just excited at, you know, what's around the corner. I think... The, di- the digital space, how we buy, deliver, order, get delivered products. Um, I'm really interested in, you know, drone delivery in terms of how we're going to receive goods and, and um, even to the point of how we live in communities mm. um, with 3D printing and... You know, I won't maybe one day go to the store and buy a dinner set. I will actually just download the code and print it. Wouldn't that be insane? Insane. But that's, you know, that has huge impacts Mm. across all sorts of businesses. But I think that's, you know, definitely where we're going to be one day. Mm. Um, The fact that you can print meat product Mm. now on a 3D printer. Not that I'm signing up for that. No, but I'm um, like Uber helicopters. Yeah, I'm ready for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or self-driving cars. I'm like, I hate driving my car. Can someone else drive it I for know. me? So, yeah, it's... Um, and all of that's going to be here before you know it. Mm. And I am quietly excited about the Commonwealth Games. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, awesome. Yep. So that's next year. And I think for businesses in Brisbane... Gold Coast, that's really exciting. Mm. There's some opportunities there that, you know, small business owners get can definitely it. get on top of. Um, plan now because it's going to be here in April. Oh, so soon. So yeah. soon. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm actually reading um, a, a book around storytelling and I'm also reading um, Thrive from Adriana Huffington. Oh, yes. Awesome. Yes. So maybe looking at getting my time work-life balance yeah. a little bit more in check. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. And 
Last question. What advice would you have for someone that's about to set out on their journey of starting their own passion business? Mm. It's the plan on a page, I think. Make sure you do it. Uh, It is then the guide on how you navigate the next year of hard decisions. And you think you know what you're going to set out to do and then you have 15 questions that you don't have the answer for (laughs) and you realise that you maybe didn't know. (laughs) In the detail, you know, you've got the concept but it's the detail. Um, So it's, it's really good to, you know, map that out. And I think find your key message. Decide what that is. What's your elevator pitch? What's your one-minute story? How are you going to describe yourself at a barbecue? Um, Because people want to know what Mm. you're doing. People are excited for you. And you want those moments to count. So make sure you craft that early on. Um, It can change. But have something ready to go Mm. around why are you amazing? What is it that you're doing that's amazing? Um, Because people will get excited with Mm. you and be on that journey. Mm. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your insights today. It's been amazing. I just really really want to acknowledge you for your openness and your hot tips and tricks and right through to your your strength and your mindset. Like I love the fact that you have that belief and know what you can achieve and you know you've taken those challenges on board yet turn them around to be really great ways of learning from it and developing your business story along the way. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, and to all the listeners, I look forward to sharing your success with you. So thank you so much. It's been amazing. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it forward to speaking with you next week and here's to taking your life to the next level.